Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, we welcome Shirley Carrada to discuss her work on everything, everywhere, all at once. We discuss working with directors like Janixa Bravo and The Daniels, Jamie Lee Curtis's workout routine, the main message of this film, what's next for her, and much more. How how does it all feel right now? Uh, with, I mean, the wide release going out um, this weekend. Um, I mean, you guys being the uh, the highest rating um, on Letterbox. I mean, yeah. I'm so excited. I, you know, um, I had no idea when I took on this movie how it was going to do because, um, I mean, it was such a, you know, a great script, but like also very crazy and wild. And and so, um, you know, and it was, we shot it over two years ago. So it's been a while and um, it's so great to finally have, you know, the public see it and getting such a, you know, amazing, fantastic reaction is like, I, I'm so excited and so happy about that. Yeah, no, it's it, it's such an interest. Like I've never seen anything like it, and I think everyone will probably say that that they've never seen anything quite like it before. Um, but before diving in to the actual um, movie, I did want to say how much I love the Mew Mew shoot that you did um, with Janixa Bravo. That oh, was, thank you. That was thank fabulous you. as well. Um, how did how is it working with her? Janixa, amazing, great. I mean, we've been trying to work with each other for so long to, and, um, you know, so it was the first time actually I got to work with her. Um, and um, I just, she's she's great. She, she's, um, she just, as a director, I always look for someone that, you know, can um, give you the right guidance, but then like, you know, just, can answer so quickly and so like you know um like she knows what she's doing and she'll give you the answers of like yeah I love this and you know um no to that it's like I love that sort of like directness because it just makes working and getting things done so much easier Mm -hmm. and so what was it about the Daniels um well the Daniels um they are um just always open to questions, to, you know, compromises, to um, just like, you know, just they were so patient because the script was very, very complicated. And to break that down was really difficult. Like, you know, in some scenes, like there's like, I don't know, at least like 10, 15 wardrobe changes. And, um, and then the different, you know, universes too it's like there's so many questions and um they um always took the time to answer they never were like frustrated by you know the barrage of questions that me you know i gave or like any of the departments gave um they were great and also like um they just like i don't know i mean it shows in the movie too like this sort of like they created such a positive atmosphere on set um every morning there was sort of like a, a morning sort of like workout on set and yeah and they would have like it was you know some some of them were super silly like hey let's all fight in slow motion or another one's just like like silly exercises you know um, I wasn't always there uh, for those because sometimes I was like prepping or, you know, out prepping and not on set. But um, the few times that I was able to experience that, 
Uh, my favorite was when Jamie Lee Curtis led the sort of, you know, morning um, sort of workout. And um, she kind of did, um, you know, some of the, uh, what was the movie Perfect with uh, John Travolta where she was like an aerobics star or something. So she kind of integrated some of those moves into the, the, the workout for the whole crew to sort of partake in, which was amazing. I hope she was in her costume. I really <laughs> She was. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you get to experience a, a Michelle Yao workout class? Um, that one, unfortunately, I did not. I'm sure it existed, but um, yeah, there was there was probably some really great ones that I missed, but uh, my set customers definitely were able to partake. <laughs> I'd love to see that in the uh, DVD extras. Yes, I hope they include that. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, so how did you initially hear about the project and how were you approached for the project? Um, well, I uh, worked with producer Jonathan Wong um, on working on commercials. Um, and uh, he came to me and he was like, hey, you know, cause he's worked with the Daniels before like on, you know, their commercials or music videos and um, said that they're looking for a costume designer um, for this movie. And um, I, you know, had seen Swiss Army Man. I, you know, I knew that this script was not gonna be like the typical average script that you would get. So I was, you know, I was like, yes, of course I would, you know, I'm very interested. And so we, we met for lunch and, you know, I just instantly, like when I met them, just like felt comfortable around them. And I knew that, that um, they were gonna be great to work with. And so that's kind of how it got started mm -hmm. was through Jonathan. And how did those early conversations begin with the Daniels and what was their, I mean, obviously this is a, large undertaking like you said but how do you even where do you begin yeah well you know they gave a lot of great prep material in the beginning um they gave a list of movies that like they said like you know were you know movies inspired them for reference not for style but for reference um, other movies that were for like martial arts references um and just movies that, that were just like plain weird that they loved. Mm -hmm. um, so they gave that. They also, um, I think we had early on discuss discussions of color palette for each of the worlds. Um, they even had a playlist that they made, you know, like a Spotify playlist. And it was so long. I don't even think I ever even finished it because it was, it probably would have taken weeks to listen to it because there were like hundreds of songs on there. I started to, and then, um, you know, then I, you know, at that point I was like deep in prepping for this movie. So I wasn't able to um, listen to it at all, but um, you know, like they definitely did their, you know, homework and their prep work um, in getting this movie made. Mm -hmm. Do you remember any of the songs in particular that stuck out to you? Um, you know, it's been so, I mean, this was like, you know, over two years ago. So yeah. I'm like, uh, um, I mean, a lot of it was like, I think movie soundtracks too, um, or like, uh, it was like, it was really mixed because it was just like a cross of, you know, like pop music, um, movie scores, um, sort of all over the place and um i'll have to find the playlist maybe i can like you know 
let you know. I, yep. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> I would love to see it. I'd love to yeah. see it. Fantastic. Um, and so what did the research and the prep look like for you? Um, well, so basically I um, started to kind of, um, I you know, it, for Evelyn and Waymond and Gong Gong, you know, I looked to, there were blogs like Chinatown Pretty. I don't know if you've heard of that blog. It's like, um, just sort of like, mostly like grandmas and mom, parents, you know, like in Chinatown and like their fabulous outfits, um, which was kind of also in line with Accidental Asian Hipster, which is another blog, um, you know, so it's all these like kind of senior, Asians dress, but they're dressed really cool, you know, but then, you know, they're not meant, you know, they don't like intentionally like dress to look, to look cool. It's just like, that's how they dress. Right. Um, and I, um, kind of, you know, researched that and, you know, talked to Daniel Kwan and he showed me pictures of his mother. You know, I was like studying my mom. I would go to her house and study what she was wearing. Um, and she was, you know, wearing a vest like <laughs> Michelle's character was wearing. And um, um, so with that world, I would kind of um, look to those blogs, but then also just sort of like, you know, looked into like what a tax auditor would wear. Um, and um, also, you know, just sort of like started looking at movies that the Daniels talked about. Um, they, they hadn't, kind of had like a movie night for a little bit, but then we got too caught up in the, you know, the filming process that we stopped doing it. Um, but, um, you know, one of the movies that we like, you know, like the department heads um, were able to watch was Groundhog's Day. Cause like in spirit, not, not so much in, in, you know, technique or whatever, like visually, um, um, it was more in spirit of just sort of this, you know, um, kind of existential, you know, questioning um, and sort of like the consequences of the decisions that we make. So we watched that. I, I also, you know, they also gave me a list of like some of the movies, like the action movies. So they gave, you know, there were links to like Jackie Chan uh, martial arts scenes. I watched, um, I rewatched uh, um, some of the Stephen Chow movies, you know, like Kung Fu Hustle. Um, and Shaolin soccer, soccer, but I also, you know, dove into some of his more obscure ones, you know, whatever I could find, because that, you know, I, he did so many, but I watched some of the, like the, you know, earlier ones just to get an idea of, you know, um, the whole martial arts world. But also, I like the fact of um, in his world, it was sort of the uncommon hero, you know, that was doing all this kick ass. Um, martial arts uh, feats, you know, and um, I, I sort of love that about his films and kind of saw, you know, saw elements of that with like Waymond and Evelyn, you know, because they're sort of the unlikely sort of like martial arts action hero. Mm -hmm. um, so I watched some of that and some of like Michelle's uh, earlier um, films that she did. Um, we rewatched Crouching Tiger, of course, and um, kind of tried to kind of study some of this more, um, you know, some of the more traditional, like uh, traditional historical 
martial arts films because you know we did have scenes in the kung fu universe um, involving you know some of the more um, historical costumes that they wore and um, then also just like for Jobu was just like delving into just like what crazy outfit you know can I find you know for her and you know what what would be the good source of inspiration? They also, you know, the Daniels also gave me like reference images too. And so from, from that, I kind of like continued the search of like, you know, what what would be what would be great for, for Jobu and her many costumes. Yeah. I mean, what was the oddest thing that you had to find or make? Um let me see. I mean, the oddest. Um, I, I mean, I guess like even just her, um, like there's one scene where she kind of turns into like a pro wrestler kind of costume, you know, the one where she kind of gets shot and then the blood, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, so it's like, I don't know if you even catch it, but like, um prior to that scene though oh that's that's probably the oddest because prior to that scene um she's like turns into like kind of um she turns the cop into sort of that like uh like a salsa dancer mm-hmm. uh, costume and she's wearing like more like a rough like sort of like the male version of of that salsa dancer so we you know got this like ruffled salsa costume for her and um had to dress the the one of the cops that turns into that so like into this like really frilly um carmen miranda type costume but um then um she transforms another one of the security guards into um kind of part of her pro wrestling costume into like this like wrestling mask with like bunny ears so um, we had that made uh, for for him, and then so it's like a split second. I don't even know if you even can notice it because it's like that's when she does this like crazy flip and like kind of um, turns them upside down and stuff. But that's like one of them. I don't know. It's there's there were there are you know many. I mean, I think some of them um, were already in existence. For example there's this one costume where it's like green with these like crazy, um, I don't know, like uh, antenna coming out with like feathers. Mm. And um, that was by a designer called um, Bikala. And um, I just remember, you know, like seeing it prior to the movie and thinking, you know, this is like amazing, great costume. Um, and so when I was like looking for like some like, you know, really fun, interesting pieces, I reached out to him and said, you know, said, hey, can I borrow it? Because, you know, we we're also on a very limited budget. You know, we, we didn't have a Marvel size budget for this. So I had to be really resourceful. Like, I, you know, I would have loved to have stuff all custom made, but, you know, we just didn't have the, you know, the time or the budget to do that. So I had to kind of be a little more resourceful and sort of like borrowing some, getting some made, you know, or like in piecing, you know, rentals with, um, you know, existing pieces and, 
kind of making it work with, with what I was given. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, and I mean, what did you, like, what did you, or did you even bring um, part of your own wardrobe into um, any of the characters? Because you have such a fun sort of fashion um, in and of itself. And so I'm just curious if you brought anything um, not from your own closet, but from, from your own world to, to sort of bring out? Um, well, yeah, I mean, actually, you know, because sometimes I, you know, have things that I don't personally wear, but I have in my kit just because of like, oh, this is cool. One day I'll use it, you know, or I'll get something and, and I don't use it for one project, but I'll hold on to it. Because I was like, well, one day, you know, I'll find a home, you know, a home for it or like a reason to use it. And um, one of them was um, when Jobu um, was sort of that K-pop star. So she's wearing this like little kind of hoodie jacket with like teddy bears all over it on the sleeve and stuff. Um, that was like a jacket that I had. Um, it's like a Jeremy Scott for Adidas jacket that came out like years ago. And I just always liked it because it just had all these like, you know, bears and, um, and the Daniels liked it because like, you know, especially from like side angles and stuff, it, it looked really fun. Mm -hmm. And so um, I used that piece. Um, also had like some pieces by Comme de Garcon that I really liked um, that ended up on Jobu too. Very nice. And I mean, what were the, I mean, besides maybe the budgetary restraint, I mean, what other challenges did you face um, on this project in comparison to past ones? Uh, well, I mean, the, the biggest initial challenge was breaking down the script because it really was like, like so difficult to break down because, you know, you know, we do this like continuity sort of like plots, right? Where we go like scene one, they're in, you know, change one. But then like if scene one had like 10 different outfits in it, it's like, okay, well, how do we break this down on our plot line? So, and then like, within it too, there were all these questions because it's like, okay, you know, we know that there's an alpha Waymond and then there's a regular Waymond and we'll switch within the scene. But, you know, there, there's so many questions like, well, do, does their wardrobe change at all? There's, is there anything, you know? So um, it, that, I had probably had to read the script at least like 20 times to sort of kind of get the gist of it and try to figure out a system of like how to break this down. Um, but um, I think once, like, you know, after many questions with the Daniels, um, um, I was able to get that done. I think um, just for the most part, it, you know, I, it, it wasn't too bad because we did most of the, um, the scenes initially just in the IRS building. So fortunately, there, it was, that was like mostly the stunts and like the main you know, outfits that they had that you see in the RS building. All the other worlds we shot like toward the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. um, so like the movie star universe, the Kung Fu universe, um, the opera universe. Um, and those were like the more intense, oh, the bagel universe. Um, those were all more sort of like intense wardrobe, um, costume heavy scenes. So I was able to at least like work on those while we're shooting um, the IRS scenes. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, thankfully, with the scheduling, that did uh, um, make it less crazy for me because um, I think I only had like maybe uh, maybe like 
five weeks to prep it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And how long was the shoot? Uh, I think it was like 33 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And also just, just so you know, like um, we, you know, when we started, there were sort of like rumblings of COVID, but, you know, as we sort of progressively started shooting, you know, started hearing more stories. We finished principal photography the day. So let's say we wrapped Saturday morning because it was all night shoot on, you know, Friday. We wrapped Saturday morning. The following Monday was the first day of lockdown. So that's how close we were to this whole thing, you know, and I, I'm glad that we were able to get the bulk of it and not have it be like, you know, split up. But we ended up doing like, you know, a couple days of sort of pickup shots and stuff like that, like months, months later. But um, yeah, so, you know, it's also interesting too, to me, because um, the film almost makes a lot more sense now in this time frame because so much has happened since we shot it. Uh, crazy things you know because it's like who knew that like you know we would like COVID would last this long um you know and just all the things going on in the world there's like so much crazy so much crazier things happening than you know when we shot it that I think you know it's almost like it resonates more the whole meaning of this movie and what's the meaning for you Um, the meaning, I think, I think it's just basically like, yeah, we don't have the answers to what, you know, the meaning of life is right. Um, or our purpose or anything, but you know, what we have is like, you know, um, we have is the love for our family, our friends. Um, and that like, you know, it's the message of like kindness and empathy. And, um, that's sort of like what we can um we'll we'll get us through all of this and and also like just you know kind of living in the present you know the all those what ifs and what could have been you know it's almost like what you know why focus on that because there you know we don't have the answers to what you know what could have been or you know what should have been um and that like yeah just sort of just you know what I think like what especially during like COVID time like what um we were in lockdown when we couldn't do the things that we wanted to do it's like what did we look what did we look to we look to like you know our friends like just talking to them having zoom parties or whatever right Mm -hmm. that's like those are the things that sort of like kept us together and kept us sane and so um yeah it's kind of the sort of the universal message of kindness empathy love I guess yeah no I love that and I mean what was the biggest well it's a two-pronged question what was the biggest takeaway from you from this project and what do you hope audiences take away from this project um well I think one um that an asian-led cast um can you know like they can like having a film with an asian-led cast can sell you know like can still be very popular still still um 
have box office success. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be about the Asianness. Like I feel like this whole story, you know, this whole family could be anyone. It's a universal story. Um, but that like having um having someone like Michelle Yeoh, who is so talented and is long overdue to have a, a lead in a movie. Um, and same with like Key, who um, had to quit acting because he wasn't getting the jobs, you know? It's like, it's nice to finally um, have these stories told and for Hollywood to sort of like go, oh, well, you know, this, this can be a very successful story, you know? And um, I think sort of more sort of representation is something that I'm, you know, I feel like I hope to see more of and and I hope that this movie is an indication of that that is very possible. Um, And also just sort of the message that it's giving that, you know, because I think we all have this sort of existential crisis and um, kind of sense of, I don't know, it's like fatigue or defeat with just the things going on in the world and being overwhelmed by it all. And to be, um, to have this message of like, yeah, you know, we, it's, it can be a lot, but like that we have, um, you know, the strength of our family, you know, or the people that we love in our lives, like that, that's what will like kind of get us through it, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I love how. I, I think I've read this in one of your interviews, how much it pays homage to Michelle's entire career. Like it's kind yeah. of a, I don't know, a, a, a vessel that just kind of puts it all together um, for her. And I just, yeah. I love that for him. Like you said, I, she is very overdue for a, um, for a, a starring role in a movie. So no, I, yeah. I completely agree 100% yeah. with that. Um, and I can't wait to see the legs it has on it because who knows even though the Oscars just wrapped I mean yeah I feel like (laughs) I know it would be great if she you know the Oscars pays attention to the performances I mean I also think Stephanie Hsu was like amazing in it um just seeing her transform you know from like joy to jobu and like the the switches that she had to do um I was just blown away by her performance too Absolutely. And final question for you. Um, what's next now that you're done with this? Well, now that you've been uh, done with this but yeah. for two years, yeah. what's next? Um, well, right now, um, you know, I'm sort of in the middle of reading scripts and stuff. So uh, I am hoping a TV show or a film that um, will be as inspiring and as fun as this one big mm-hmm. shoes fill but yeah yeah so. <laughs> on the bucket list that you would just be I don't know an itch that you want to scratch um in terms of work yeah projects yeah. projects I mean love to work you know with David Lynch one day that would be a dream um I mean there's so many filmmakers that I would love to work with um you know, Jim Jarmusch is one of my favorites. Uh, um, 
I think just at this point, like, you know, I kind of gave myself uh, several rules and like when I'm gonna accept. And it's either like um, having either actors that are like, um, you know, that it, maybe having a cast that's kind of reflects um, a more diverse, you know, um, world in mm -hmm. terms of like, um, you know, maybe more people of color driven projects or like working with female directors because I feel like there aren't enough female directors. Um, you know, we're getting, you know, we're getting more and more of them, um, you know, who are being able to get jobs, you know, working on these like directing films and TV, but I feel like there's still not enough like love and appreciation out there for them. So um, it's either like working with a female director or like um, sort of a POC um, director or cast or crew, just some, some element of that. And then on top of it, like having a sort of storyline or arc that um, I think can really sort of affect the public in a positive way. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael. And the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.